everyone and welcome to recommended season three drew we made it that's right i was not expecting to make it but we made it and i'm so proud of you oh thank you you're welcome you know why i'm proud of you no because you recommended that we do a summer blockbuster month which means that because it has to be summer blockbuster it cannot be some random obscure movie that no one's ever heard of well i mean yeah you're right about that brett i like i mean i like popular movies too don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah okay okay I, I feel like you have this uh idea about me that I only watch indie films, and that's it. So let me tell you all a little story real quick. So Drew comes up oh, to me the other day, and he goes, Brett, I cannot wait until we finish Summer Blockbuster. You don't know how many foreign <laughs> indie films I've been watching that I'm so excited to make you watch. I'm genuinely afraid for my life. Well, I mean, when you put it, I feel like you're taking what I said out of context. Am I though? Am I really? <laughs> I mean, look, I like blockbusters. I do. But, Brent, I have seen some really good movies lately that I just can't wait to share with you. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid. I know our listeners are afraid. I'm not sure what's in your mind. Uh, we, we're probably just going to have to make that like a forum film month because I don't know if I can give you actual movies while I have to watch garbage for a month. What? No, that's not garbage. None of the movies I give you is garbage, Brett. Mm, debatable. Do you mean mm. ever? Yeah. <laughs> I've given you gold every week. Lies. <laughs> You trolled me once. <laughs> but even then, like, it was awful. It's Mad Max. I think that was the only one I trolled you with. Speaking of Mad Max, which is really interesting. Uh, <laughs> nice segue, yes. right? Completely unintentional, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, if you recall, <laughs> at the end of season two, we had to make some recommendations to start the season off, and you to kick off Summer Blockbuster Month, recommended Mad Max to me. Now, if you have never seen Mad Which Max one? Fury Road, I apologize. There are many. That's it. Fury Road. Now, yes. if you've never seen Mad Max before, um, Fury Road, um, well, before I actually say that, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go back with me for a moment. Go back to... October, November, I think it was November when I had to watch Mad Max. So we're going back to November 2020. So, yeah. It's November, you have Thanksgiving on your mind, you're wanting some turkey, and you come and listen to your recommended podcast, and you hear, Brett has to watch Mad Max. I'm going to watch that with him this week, so I can decide if Drew's opinion is valid or not. You quickly learn it's not. Because you're kind of like, okay, I guess I get why this was popular, kind of, but it was weird and just different, and I'm not sure if I'm a real fan of it. But still, it was just kind of like, 
set in the Australian countryside type thing. Grass was still around. You know, Mel Gibson, all that stuff. Now, mm -hmm. take yourself from that and bring yourself to a desert wasteland. And yeah. you're at Mad Max Fury Road. And I'm not ex right, baby. I'm not exactly sure how we got here. Now there were two other movies in between these. Uh, I I realize that. And maybe Drew, you can tell me: was there a progression in the scenery between those movies? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Okay, so Fury Road is technically a sequel. But you don't have to watch any of the previous Mad Maxes to be able to like understand what's going on and enjoy the film for what it is. It's technically a sequel, but it's kind of like... Okay, so it's one of these things. Um, you know the movie The Dark Knight? Christopher yes. Nolan, Batman, Heath Ledger, Joker, Christian Bale. Great film. Yes. Like, probably ranked up there in like the top 100 films especially in comic book movies golly it's probably like the number one comic book movie the dark knight the movie before it was batman begins yes with scarecrow i saw dark knight yes i saw dark knight enjoyed it thought it was great and i never saw batman begins okay so it's kind of like this with mad max you can watch fury road and just and never see the other Mad Maxes. I would encourage you to, but, I mean, you really don't have to. The storylines, they don't connect that deep. Yes, the storylines are definitely um, self-isolated, and yeah. I, I will tell you this, Drew. Uh, so, before I tell you that, I'm going all over the place tonight, I suppose. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> involves a bunch of desert warlords that pretty much do not like each other and built these crazy machine train locomotive car creations right <laughs> yes um, it is uh, and they transport things with that they go battle over um, with other groups with their cars and stuff well the like one of the kings of this place called the Citadel, like the king there, um, one of his drivers, yes, um, one of his drivers, Furiosa, is um, supposed to be taking this tanker across the thing, um, across the desert to a location, um, a delivery basically, or a, a resupply delivery, I'm pretty sure it's delivery. Well, she sneaks a bunch of the king's um, brides. Concubine. Yeah, concubine, pretty yeah. much. Into the tanker, trying to help them escape to this place called the Green Place. And he finds yes. out fairly quickly. Um, they're not too far gone when he realizes it. And they chase after her. And the whole movie is pretty much battle after battle of them fighting each other, trying to... One group trying to escape, one group trying to one group trying to capture just so much going on um it is it's basically like one one massive chase scene yes very much so broken up into small increments of fighting yes and they um the thing that it reminds me of is if 
you went to a monster truck rally with a lot of pyrotechnics. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Drew, I'm going to ask you, what was your favorite uh, car? I don't know how long it's been since you watched it, so you may not know exactly, but did you have a favorite one of the cars or whatever? Absolutely. Mad Max's car at the beginning. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, he kind of lost it. Obviously, they though. take it apart real quickly. He gets captured, and then they take it apart. But, I mean, it's such a classic car and it's the car he basically used throughout the franchise that car is basically like the the tie-in now is that is it's not the same max is it no no it's it's, supposed to be well well, okay so so it is i mean obviously it's not mel gibson it's tom hardy yeah um it is the same max but it's I almost treat it like it's an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, um, Tom Hardy's younger than uh, Mel Gibson was when Mel Gibson did the Thunderdome, I believe. It's almost like Mad Max went back in time. I think it's more like a split off, like an alternate universe yeah. um, type situation. Where it is Mad Max. It's just not the same Mad Max that you saw in the original Mad Max, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, My favorite was definitely the one with the guitar player on top because it was just so ridiculous and fitting for the aesthetic. And I I think the reason I like that one, and I think why anybody would, is it just fits so well. It's so out there and ridiculous, but it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically, so Mad Max and we, you know, peeked behind the curtain a little bit. We had a small conversation about this movie earlier today uh, before we recorded this. And what I told you, you had asked me, why did you pick this movie? Like, what? You were like, Drew, you don't like action films. Or, you know, it's like, what made you pick this movie? And what I told you was, there's uh, this movie. It's it's over the top. It's obviously like the the costumes and the set designs are just crazy. I mean, you have a Morton Joe having this ventilator respirator thing with the teeth mm-hmm. on it. You know, you have the guy with like the big silver nose. Um, I think his character is called Man Eater or something like that. The People Eater, yes. Uh, <laughs> So uh, you had the bullet farmer character. One, uh, one people. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you have all these sets and these character designs, but this movie has so much. Uh, they used a lot of practical special effects. There's very little CGI or green screen in this film. Uh, one of the cgi things they used was the gigantic dust storm yeah but even then if i remember reading correctly they actually did film it in a dust storm they just enhanced the dust storm with computer technology so i mean like this movie went above and beyond with special effects and then you gotta hand it to him i mean it's uh frank miller he was like 80 years old when he directed this movie you have a massive action flick car chase pyrotechnics these these were not CGI explosions. Like they had pyrotechnics, moving cars, acrobat tra- trained acrobats jumping from cars, 
and the the guy directing and working behind the camera is 80 years old. I mean, that is legit awesome. It is uh, very impressive. I will give him that. Um, I will tell you this, Drew. I went into this movie very skeptical because I did not like that first Mad Max that we, you recommended to me. Uh, I don't remember uh-huh. exactly what I rated it, but it wasn't great. I actually yeah. found myself really enjoying Fury Road. Um, yes. Now, the re- oh, the reason yeah. for that has to be it felt so much more cohesive from an just even environmental storytelling was just so much more cohesive. Yeah. Like everything flowed together. Oh, yeah. how, how everyone dressed made sense. It reminded me of like I know they're making a Borderlands movie, but I feel like it's got to look like this. Oh yeah, this is very. This could be like a prequel to Borderlands, easily, hands down. Like I mean, this, this it, it fits that aesthetic to a T. And I think what helped this movie so much is you have an you don't get these a lot, unfortunately, but I mean you have a killer uh, uh, female lead from. Uh, Charlize Theron, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she is like, he just personifies that that bad a don't mess with me girl, and she just kills it in this performance. Even even the, like the emotion, like when when she learned that the spoilers bop 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 that the green place doesn't exist, and she takes her hand, her she has like a robot hand. She takes it off and she's just sobbing in the desert. Your heart breaks. Your, mm-hmm. your heart just breaks for her. I mean, like that. She banked everything on her life on that, and it just turned out to be a lie, or it turned out just to to not exist. You know. Yes. Um. So I mean, k- killer acting. Tom Hardy was fantastic. He, you know, um, you might have noticed he didn't even have a lot of lines in the movie. He barely spoke. Oh, yeah. He very rarely spoke. I think I read somewhere that he only had, uh, he had like less than eight minutes of dialogue in the film. Oh, that's definitely true. I mean, like, it's, but he gave a killer performance as a man who's just trying to get out of his situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he's, just, he's like, I don't even know exactly what his purpose was. Like, um, you you know, he did have, like, this vision. You saw, like, you saw, like, a flash of, like, his dead daughter or something. Yeah, he kept, the ghost of his past definitely haunted him in yeah. that sense. And, I mean, he's just, he's just trying to get out of this situation. That's all. He, he doesn't, at first, like, he doesn't care about the Furiosa and the Charlie their own character. He doesn't care about Morton Joe. He doesn't care about the um Nux. He's yeah. the 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 uh the henchman, I guess, that yeah. turns into a good guy eventually. He doesn't care about any of them. He just wants to like leave. But um yeah, I mean he just you know, he he's he sort of finds his own redemption and yeah. It's just a really good movie. So here I had a uh, three complaints about the movie, um, All right. which some are minor. The first one is they didn't use CGI, CGI often, but when they did, it was mm-hmm. very obvious. Like it wasn't well done CGI. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Which That's I n- not a huge deal, but like 
for how much the stunts were done so well, like when you can just notice it, you're just like, eh. you know, it kind of takes you mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, secondly, one of the brides falls out. He says she went under the tire. She's dead. We later find out, no, she's not. They got her. She's, but she's about to give birth. You know. Um, yeah. Then we find out, like she's about to die, still, and the baby is starting to not breathe, and so the dude says, "Cut her open, like get that mm-hmm. baby out of there. That's my baby." And then nothing. All like. Right. Like, that's not referenced again. None of the other women yeah. are like, oh, what about her? Da da da. Or, oh my goodness, I found this baby. It's Dada's baby. Or, oh, I found her body. It's just nothing. Completely ignored. Yeah. Doesn't. Now, it, it's been a couple of years since I've seen the film. Most of the girls do die, don't they? There's only like one or two that survive, right? No. I think. Or is it just that one? It's, oh, the old lady. The old lady the old dies. The yeah, lady is who they meet the at the green place. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. They die. That's what I was remembering. Yes. Yeah. So it just... I think it, they had... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on IMDb. I think they had names like Keeper of the Seeds. Yes. Uh, other, other people. Um, but yes, um, that's who I was thinking of. Gotcha, gotcha. But it just felt like an unresolved storyline, and it's one of those that isn't a big deal if I can be if I could say, "Ooh, they're saving that to kind of hint towards what might come next." You know, like what would be the next movie? Yeah. But then they so, all had the big crash. <laughs> like, yeah. So I had the only issue I have, and it's not even necessarily the movie itself. The movie, this movie's from 2015. And this movie was so popular when it came out. Like, it was such a... It, it, I mean, it truly was a blockbuster. Um, they had plans to do a follow-up because there's a lot of world-building that this movie does. Well, well, it, let me backtrack. It sets up opportunities to world-build. Like, you have no idea about, like, Bullet Town. You know, that's another that's another kingdom in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the rivals. You know, one of the rival warlords. And then... Um, and then you have like those bird-like creatures in the swamps, yeah, half human, half birds. You know that could be something there. You know, I, obviously, I think this is this is a country from you know post-apocalyptic world from nuclear fallout. So maybe like they're mutants, like you know, um, and they had talked about doing like a follow-up, a sequel, continuing the story, and. I, I don't think it's going to happen. That's like my complaint. I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, I, if they if they do, it'll it'll it won't be George Miller probably because he's just at this point he's just so old. Well, I'll say this: like, he was eighty in twenty fifteen. Yes, he's <laughs> so, like eighty six. Yeah. So the my last complaint kind of flows into that was you get to the end. And they're bringing the truck up into the Citadel again. And Max just kind of like sneaks through the crowd out of there. Like, we uh, were just shown that the green place doesn't exist. Uh Uh-huh. Like, where he going? He ain't got a ride. 
So, so this might, because you don't know all of the back stories to Mad Max, um, he is always like a wandering warrior. He's someone who doesn't just stay in one location. And that's the whole, through all the films, he, he wanders through the countryside. So that's his character. It might not be as satisfying as you want, because obviously, why not stay at the Citadel? They have plenty of water. They defeated a Morton Joe. You know, Furiosa's being risen up like, it's almost like a, uh, a Christ metaphor, you know? Like, she's being risen up. Um, she's basically the the under people's hero. Yeah. And, and he just leaves. And it's not an ending that you want to see, but Mad Max's character, it fits. If you've seen the other Mad Maxes, he is a wandering soul. He um, he doesn't stay in a place and unless something forces him there. Same thing with Road Warrior, same thing with the Thunderdome. He wanders through the desert, and he'll help people, but like he doesn't stay. And, um, and that's okay. I just wish you had some idea of what his goal actually was. Yeah. No, his I'm, goal I'm this whole movie was survive. And then yeah. he pretty much leads them back to take Citadel. And then I guess he accomplished that goal. But it feels like there's a bigger narrative going on with who he is and what he's trying to accomplish that is totally just yeah. like, not there. Like, not even hinted yeah. at, really, besides no, that, the PTSD, but... Yeah, and that's probably... You'll probably never... Like, I don't we'll know if that die. goal or where he's going will ever be stated. Like, it's just something... Like, he um he's, he just wanders the desert. I mean, he he's he's the uh, the road warrior. You know, that was that was the second Mad Max movie. Probably the most popular outside of Fury Road. You had Mad Max the original, and then the Road Warrior, and then the Thunderdome. And I think Fury Road came after Thunderdome. Yes. Don't quote me on that 100%, but it is. I think it is. Yes, okay, good. And each movie, he just, he wanders through. Like, he, he's not, there's no set goal. There's no real set place that he's trying to get. He's just a a, you know, a wandering warrior, I guess. Um, he'll help someone who he deems innocent and needs help. But, I mean, like, that's, you know, he's not going to stick around. And, you know, maybe in a, if they do a future movie, you know, they might explore that more, maybe to why, give him, like, give it a reason why. You know, you could probably point to the fact that maybe since his wife and kid got taken from him, he just... He doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere. You know, he doesn't have a, a home, you know, in some sense. But, um, but yeah, so uh, we've talked about this movie a good little bit. Uh, tell me what you thought about it. Yeah, I was about to How say, was- he may be wandering, but we've been wandering for over 20 minutes on this one. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love this movie so much. It's okay. Um, if I had to rate it, I would probably rate it a 7.5. Um, would okay. watch it again, but it's not my upper echo on. Gotcha. Um, I gave this movie... 
So my first in- initial impression was a nine. <laughs> I knew it. And after, which is really high. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a lot of movies nines. After thinking about it, I'm gonna settle for a good solid eight point five. Still really high up there, but to for me to get a nine, like I, golly, I just gotta really love that movie. And I do love Fury Road, but um. But there, you know, there are some flaws. It's not a perfect movie. You know, there some of the things we talked about. You know, I wish the the narrative storyline would have been a little more clear, uh, too. I know that was one of your things. Well, the narrative yeah. storyline was very basic, if we're real. Um, I mean, well, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I would have loved so like an overarching narrative of like everything. I would say over half the movie is literally just car battle scenes. Which I'm okay with, uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, that should tell you that the narrative is, yeah. it. it's kind of like, so a few years back, me and my buddies went to see uh, G.I. Joe. It, it, like, it was his birthday, and he wanted to see it, and we were just kind of like, okay, whatever. So we go and see G.I. Joe, and we walk out of the movie, and I don't know about the others, but I'm kind of like, well, that was kind of trash, but okay. And he yeah. just he just goes, well, guys. I think they said, you know, we've got all this money and we could use it to really build up the story, character depth, like stakes, everything. Or we could just add more explosions. Let's do the explosions. And they chose explosions, you know? um, I kind of feel like, not that the story's bad, it's just, it's not like some really depth stuff it's just straight there um i'm b fan score is yeah. going to give it an 8.1 so they're a little they're pretty much right between both of us um but uh-huh. the metacritic score a 90 yep and so, you don't see a lot of action movies with that huh? you do not you really do not but um that's mad max if you'd like to watch mad max i'll be honest i had to borrow the dvd from my buddy uh steven um shout outs to you steven yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think it is on Amazon Prime for a couple of bucks. Yeah, it's but on. Yeah. It's I mean, online. This movie was really popular in 2015. I mean, they probably sold millions of DVDs. Like you can find, you can go to Walmart and get this movie. Or yeah, probably in the bargain bin. It. Yeah, somewhere in there. But uh, Drew, I recommended yeah. you a different type of summer blockbuster, one that I would call an even greater classic than Fury Road. Um, and I, I think you had... to call Fury Road a classic since it's only six years old. And that's why I can but, say this. I recommended uh, yeah. you Grease. Yeah. Drew, tell me all about Grease, please. Uh, okay. Where do I begin? Okay. So Grease is... Uh, you got John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Those are your two main characters. And... Um, Let's see here. Uh, they're named uh, Danny and Sandy, respectively. And they are lovebirds. This is like summer vacation. They're in high school, and I'm using air quotes here because they all look like they're 40 years old. I'll get to that here in a second. But uh, they're in summer, and they're, they're about to break up because uh, Sandy is like a foreign exchange student from Australia, I think. Yeah. And she's going back home. For, for the next school year or something. And then, lo and behold, they break up. 
<laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, they break up, and then lo and behold, they go to school in August, and oh, oh. my god, they go to the same school. Ba 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 ba. You know. <laughs> uh, and basically, they try to rekindle their relationship. Um, there are some ups and downs. You know, they kind of fall in and out of love a little bit. They're, you know, teenage love. You know, we hopefully, you know, most of us here can say they've experienced, I guess, a little bit of something of teenage romance or teenage love. Nope. Um, and how those, those relationships typically are not the most, sorry, not the most stable in the world. Really, Brett? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I didn't think you'd have your phone on loud. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> okay. So, uh, spoiler, Brett just texted me and Steven. But, um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so you have this, Grease is a musical and it's a teenage, uh, romance comedy, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some funny scenes. I would call it a teenage romance comedy. Um, so let me tell you what I think about it first before we just discuss anything else. Um, a couple things. Uh, one... Uh, this movie was made in 1978. There are some movies from the 60s, 70s, and 80s that are just classics. And that when you watch them, they could have, like, you sit there thinking, this could have been made today. Like, they're just timeless. Yes. They're they're just, you know, they're just one of those things to where you watch it. And, yeah, you know, obviously a movie from the 60s and 70s won't have quite the camera quality that just modern technology gives us. But if you set that aside, there's some movies just with how they're shot and how the dialogue and how they're acted. The the movie is can be truly timeless and you know, there's several just great examples. Um this was not one of those movies. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. This movie felt so dated to me. And it's one of those things to where I have a pet peeve with this. And we've discussed... This has actually come up before, Brett. This isn't the first time. Uh, when I gave you that Christmas movie, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I have a pet peeve with, like, actors playing their characters. And they're not even close to their real ages. Like... Like, it was the opposite and I'll be home for Christmas where you have these little kids playing college students. But now, you have actors, like, in their 30s. Like, legitimately, late 20s, early 30s, playing high school students. And it's just so bizarre to watch. And I guess it's because one thing that just jars me so much is I'm a teacher, so I'm, a, I'm around high school kids a lot. You're a youth minister. So are you. I mean, like, these guys look nothing like high schoolers. <laughs> like, nothing. Yeah. And it's it's so jarring on screen every time you say, like, I try my best to get it out of my mind and say, just watch the movie, Drew. Just, you know, just ignore that. But, oh my gosh, there's only so many 5 o'clock shadows you can see before you realize that they're playing kids that are supposed to be 15, 16, 17. You know, like, it, it's <laughs> truly... Like, it's truly just jarring. Um, 
So I, I gotta really notch it for that. So let now, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yes. Take, putting that aside, the movie itself. Okay, so I was about to get to some pluses. Um, I do think... I don't know if this is a plus or a minus. I think the songs carry the movie. Oh, absolutely. That's why it's famous. My mom... Yeah. This is one of my mom's yeah. favorite movies. She was 18 when it came out. Like, it is her high school uh-huh. senior year film. She loves it. And she can sing every song word for word. Yeah, the songs are pretty good. Some of them are a little... You know, I saw this movie back in high school, too. And I think I saw it as, like, a young adult, maybe college age or whatnot. Or a little after college. I forgot. Some of these songs were a little, you know, a little risque. You know, like, they, you know... And the movie was a little, little more... Uh, it's rated PG, but it's PG from the 70s. <laughs> I was about to say. A very different PG. We don't have any of that uh, acid in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's very much a different PG for today. In fact, I would I would almost say, I know it's, like, weird because it's, it's a musical, and you think musicals are fun and, and, you know, exciting, and you can show your kids these. I wouldn't know if I would let a kid watch this per se. I would maybe a teenager. Teenager probably be all right to watch it, but as far as like a kid, I wouldn't know if I would want I have a kid watch this. I mean, they talk about some risque stuff, and there's some scenes in the drive-in movie theaters and you know make-out point and whatnot. That so I'll little, say this: um, as so as a kid who watched this multiple times as a young kid, from. Uh-huh. The time I was born, basically, when it was on TV, we'd watch it. Um, I don't think I. No, let me. It's not. You I don't think. I didn't things. catch on yeah. to most of the inappropriate stuff going on. All I, I genuinely, yeah. the things I remembered were a lot of the the dancing and musical and the car race at the end. Yeah. So basically. You're, you're absolutely right. It's almost like watching a cartoon show as an adult that you used to watch as a kid, and then you learn they they, snip, they snuck in some adult humor mm-hmm. in the show. You know, um, there, there was a show called, like, Ren and Stimpy back on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Back when I was a kid. Or, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. They would sneak Ooh. in. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plank. Oh, no. Um, they would sneak in some adult humor, and I never caught it as a kid. Like, I had to go back and watch those shows when I was, like, in college or just an adult, and I was like, how'd they get away with that? You know? <laughs> like, dang. You know? Um, some of that stuff was kind of risque. But uh, but you're right. You know, that's probably something, I guess, if you do show a child, they probably really just won't get what they're seeing on screen. Although, I don't know now, in these days and age, uh, kids are so exposed to technology, they'll probably understand everything going on on the screen. But Man, um, That is a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, that's right. So getting back to it, so my original thought was, okay, the ages were jarring, but fine, let's move past that. It, it's a thing, it happens. That, that was actually very common in like the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s, where you mm-hmm. have like adults playing teenagers. For some reason, I think I heard somewhere that there was like these child labor laws. And yeah, that's the reason. You can feel more worrying. You don't they have... Hire, they would hire adults to play teenagers instead of teenagers to play teenagers. Mm-hmm. You 
Um, so it is what it is. It's jarring. I didn't like it, but move past it. I think the musicals definitely carry the movie, like the musical numbers. The plot itself is stupid. And the movie between the between the musicals is stupid. And just in my opinion, you can argue it or not, that's fine. The the music itself is pretty good. It's catchy. The songs are catchy. You'll hum along with them. You can sing along with them if you if you're familiar with them. Um just the movie in between the musical numbers were pretty dumb. The race scene at the end was pretty cool. Um, them driving off in the, well, flying off in the distance at the end was really weird. Um, some said it signifies that they died. Or they're, apparently that, that ending scene has been, like, analyzed a lot. Um, but overall... And this is coming from a professional musician who doesn't really like musicals that much. I don't hate musicals, but it's got to be a really good one for me to like it. Yeah. I would give this film not bad. Not bad. It, it's it's a good movie. It's really cheesy. Um, the plot gets a little dumb. So, the musical numbers carry, the musical numbers carry it in spades. So can I like, t- if if the music sucked, this I would I would give this like a one immediately. So I'm with God. You but, know how you so, said that like there's some movies from the seventies and eighties if they were made today they'd still be timeless and good. Uh huh. So if this movie was made with teenagers, do you think it would still be time? Would, would it be timeless and good to you? Actual teenagers? Mm, I don't really know. I don't know if that was the, the big problem. I still think just some of the plot was just dumb. So here's um, the reason I asked it, that. I, whenever I was in high school, I used to watch a lot of this TV show channel that would premiere a new movie every month. And I remember yeah. one December they were they had just shown the new movie and they were showing previews for the next movie that was gonna come in January. And I saw it and I said, That is the stupidest concept for a movie. It will be a failure. Why did they waste money on this? Like who thought this was a great idea? That movie turned out to be high school musical. And we both know how incredibly popular that movie became. I feel like High School Musical is a more modern day Grease. It can be. Um, There's definitely except they actually had teenagers. Yes. So I'll say that. Let me let me answer your question with another question. Do you mean if this movie was filmed in 1978 with teenagers or filmed today with teenagers in the the lead roles? Um, I mean, I, I don't think it... I mean, either... That, for me, that's a big difference. I don't, I don't feel like it is because the story's going to be the same. All right, so let me explain why that's a difference for me. In 1978... Offhand, I don't know like any teenage movie star back then. Like these would have been unknown actors. Brady Bunch, which not necessarily, not necessarily bad. That's not a bad thing. There's plenty of great movies that had 
relatively unknown actors at the time were were filmed. But like if it was made today, there's I mean the the young actor let's let's say teenage through like twenty one. I mean there there's a lot more talent. The talent pool is huge. I mean, obviously, I mean, just what you mentioned, if this was filmed in, like, the early 2000s, Zac Efron would have killed this role. Um, you have, like, up and coming now, a little more dramatic. I can't see him doing a musical, but, like, a powerhouse young actor like Timothy Chalamet, you know. Um, I don't know if he'd be good in a musical, but he's just a killer actor. So I had to I had to Google after you said that. Um, great teen actors of the 70s. Right. Gary Coleman, which he was more TV show than movie. Different yeah, different, yeah, yeah, different strokes. Uh, but here's the two that I know you're gonna know, um, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that was '70s." Jodie Foster, Silence of the Lambs. Was she a teenager in the '70s. She was. Yes, she was. And Peter yeah. Ostrom from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, uh, well, he, he he never acted again. Like, he never did another movie, supposedly. Yeah, he, he like, didn't. quit acting. He's like, a, he's like a veterinarian doctor, I think, or something I think you're like correct. Um, but, yeah, there weren't many yeah, names I knew. Uh, oh, I feel like a lot of the teens were on TV shows in that decade. Probably. You know, it was in, and it's just a different era, too. You yeah, know I mean? for sure. Uh, it's crazy to think that 78, I mean, it was 40... Three years ago, that's you know, it's getting close to almost fifty years from now. Um, so, what would you rate Grace? Yeah, so I would give it, and this is probably being honest but slightly generous. <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad movie. It was a little hard to watch because mm-hmm. of I just could not get it past my brain with the adults playing teenagers, but. I'm just going to give it a solid 7.0. Not bad. Good. I would watch it again. I've seen it a couple of times. I've seen the movie a couple of times anyways. Um, I just wouldn't consider it like a great film. Interesting. But um, good. good. I, and this is going to surprise you actually, I would rate Grease a 6.5. Um yeah, I'm not huge on musicals, and I had to watch it all the time as a kid, so that burned me out on it even more. Uh-huh. Um, and realistically, like, like you said, I think the plot's pretty dumb. A lot of it. Um, there were yeah. a lot of things that, as a kid at least, because I haven't watched this in a while. Like I said, I don't necessarily. I'm not a huge fan of Grease, um, but I remember yeah. even as a teenager watching this, being like. I feel like this plot line just came out of nowhere and I mean I guess that's teenage life but it's not movie life yeah but yeah I'm in agreement with you it's it's a I think we would both say it's a good film it's definitely not a great film um I recommend other people see it but you know it's just I mean, it's, it's, it's a product of its time. Yeah, if you haven't so, seen Grease, definitely go see Grease. But I'm not going to... Yeah. You, you probably would only want to watch it once unless you just love musicals. Or you yeah. grew up in the 70s and that was your thing. Um, IMDb fan yeah. score, a 7.2. So they're just a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, and the Metacritics are on a 70 exactly. 
So yeah, we're I right there. Pretty. We were both pretty close. Yeah, right there. Yeah, we're right there. Well, Drew, we are way over on time this week, so I know that we have some great blockbuster movies to recommend again. And Drew, there is a massive movie coming your way. And the only thing that you can do to save Earth is watch it. Drew, I'm recommending you to watch Armageddon. Really? What? Uh, what? That's exactly the movie I would recommend you. <laughs> well, I'm glad I went first then. <laughs> Don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> uh... You know, I can't I can't sing any more of that because we'll probably get copy striked. <laughs> probably will. So what do we do in this situation? We've never uh, had this happen before. Do you just have to pick a new one because you were second? I guess so. <laughs> um, so, so. Oh, you know, I'm going to give you something similar in the name. So Earth is in peril in this one. It's not from a giant asteroid. It's from aliens. I like aliens. That's right, Yeah. Uh, well, if you like aliens, you're going to love this one. I'm going to give you Independence Day. It's Independence Sorry. Day. Sorry. That's right. Now, yeah, you're definitely going to get us copy strike. <laughs> uh, uh, starring Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, um, Randy Quaid plays a uh, crazy person, James Redhorn, who's just like a great character actor. Time out. Um, Brent what? Spiner. Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek. No. Brent Spiner. You said Red what? What's his last name? Reb Horn. Reb Horn. Reb I Horn. thought you said something very different. Okay. Really? <laughs> James Reb Horn. Um, he's, uh, he's playing in a lot of movies. Besides Independence Day, he was with Al Pacino in The Sin of a Woman. He's been in a movie called The Game, The Talented Mr. Ripley. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, he's been in a lot of TV shows, too. I've been looking at his stuff. Uh, White Collar, Homeland. Yeah. Um, Blue Bloods. Well, then I cannot wait to watch okay. Independence Day. And Drew, it sounds yeah. like you may have already watched Armageddon to get ready for me to watch it. But you're going to have to make sure you're ready to talk about it. It is going to oh, be... I will. We will, if you thought this episode was long, <laughs> just wait until we talk about Armageddon. <laughs> that ending, though. We are so happy to be back here for Season 3 of Recommended, and we hope you're excited to join us, too, as we check out some summer blockbusters, some foreign films later in the season, and who knows what other surprises we have in store. Uh, but whatever you do, have a great weekend, find some great movies, Drew, where can you find Independence Day? Besides the bargain bin. Uh, probably, the, probably the bargain bin. <laughs> I would imagine. I'm pretty sure Armageddon's uh, the same place. <laughs> I was about to say, these these movies, first off, um, if anyone's listening out there that just already hasn't seen them, just watch them. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, if you watch, if you have the channel like TNT, they play them like, almost every day I feel like, <laughs> like <laughs> I swear just like watch TNT and you'll see them come up on your guide at some especially during the summer 
Uh, both of these movies are very popular on TV. Um, but yeah, probably Bargain Bin. I think I saw that Independence Day was streaming on Hulu with the premium subscription. Now, I have the premium subscription, um, but some people just do like the basic subscriptions. I don't know if it's offered on that. Um, Independence yeah. Day will stream on HBO tomorrow, twice, and Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. There you go, baby. There you go. Or if you really want to watch them, um, just wait till Fourth of July. I'm sure it'll be on the television. Oh, wait no till next question. Month and watch. No question. But thank you so but, uh, much for joining us today. We know we're way over on what we normally go, but we're so thankful uh, that you are back and that we're back. And we can't wait to see what all Season 3 has in store. Have a great weekend. Watch some great movies. And enjoy time with your family. Adios. just say adios you did (laughs) i thought it was a little racist